today takes everything you got. Taking a break from brown girl worries, let's all drink up a shot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Grab your phone and download the Budge Up podcast right away. So they keep us entertained. You want to be where you can see. Problemas are all the same. Assimilation where butchers put all the blame. Problems are all the same. Assimilation where poachers put all the blame. Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. Charlene, it is hot. Está caliente. It's super hot. And it's not just any kind of hot, at least lately. This is in July is when we start the monsoon season here in the desert southwest. Mm -hmm. So it's like a humid hot. Right. It's like 4% humidity and no one can stand it. (laughs) I know. I was just going to say it's not Atlanta hot. Don't get us wrong. But at the first sign of two drops in the sky, we're like, oh my God, the humidity Mm -hmm. really is humid today though. And everybody wants to talk about it, how humid it is. The moment things start to rain... Mm -hmm. Your Facebook, your Instagram, TikTok blows up. It's raining. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like you start hearing the ambulances going because no one knows how to drive. Desert people. (laughs) We are desert people. And in the desert, this is uh, our July episodio 40. We are now in our 40s. It's the 40th. Do you remember your 40th, like when you turned 40? I do. We were actually, uh, it was a roller skate disco party. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I remember your bell bottoms from that day. And Amazing. little Kiki was so the smalls in her own set of wheels. She had her own little roller skates. Um, I do want to send a super duper yay, happy birthday, feliz cumpleaños shout out to one of our listeners in Tucson, Sina, who also is turning 40 this week. So, yay. Remember that time we were 40? I don't remember my 40th. Oh, yes, I do. It was all the eggs. Wow. So I had mathed <laughs> when menopause was wow. going to start. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I should be going into menopause at approximately like 45, 46, based on when I started my period, not having contraception and never never been pregnant. And so for my 40th, of which you were involved, it was the egg 40, el huevo, and everything was themed. Like there was deviled eggs, there was flan, it was the best. Not a fan of flan. I don't know who you are. This is the Pocha podcast with just cat. <laughs> it's a new era. Is it the is it the texture of the custard? It's the egginess of the custard. The egginess of the custard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not All right. Fun. Okay. Mm-mm. Mm, yeah, the look Okay, so the look of disdain on your yeah, face says it all. No. I'm going to just move mm-hmm. on then. Yeah. No more flan. No more flan. Just the lan. Nah, I don't know. Just Here we go. Happy 40th. Happy 40th. I can't wait till we get to your age in episodios and then my age in episodios. We're close. Coming up on it. But I'll turn, we'll both turn our birthdays before we'll actually hit. So, I mean, that makes sense. Kat, can you math on birthdays? No. Mm -mm. Apparently I can't. 
I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm just going along with it. Like, when we get to the 45, but by the time we get to the 45, I'll already be 46, so it's not even an episodio anymore. Oh, right, yeah. I That's what you. I was referring to. Okay, okay never mind. Um, but on. we are going to talk about school, so maybe, 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 math maybe I'll have skills a, will a second shot at doing that. Yeah, it's rough. But this, uh, this episodio, we're going to be talking a little bit about shortages, because, you mm. know with four bleeders in the house like and they said that we might be running out of tampons i i didn't panic by but i did panic and we're also going to get to school actual school because back to school school is coming up at least faster for us Mm -hmm. and then in our que hay de nuevo the first mexican born individual in space cat voltage very exciting i am like having stumbled on her on tiktok i am excited Woo. All right. So shortages. Just when we were thought we were over the 2020 grab your toilet paper and run or your sanitizer or whatever. Like there was a million things that were on shortage in 2020. Right. The pandemic, we kind of were reacclimated to the fact that we could run out of shit Mm -hmm. as spoiled ass Americans. There could not be a thing that you need at the store and you can't go down the street to the next door because there's none. Right. And lots, like you said, toilet paper. There was a lot, medical supplies, gloves, sanitizer, masks. There was all sorts of shit that we were like, oh, my God, I can't just show up at Walgreens or Walmart or wherever and get what I need. But the shortage happened, at least for some of the, like some of the thing was like we were just running out in for our providers, right? Like you were saying, the right. gloves. and But there were some things that we, at the slightest pedo, people were panicking and then like buying all sorts of toilet paper um like it was you know like they were going to sell it out their trunk of their car and (laughs) at the walmart or sanitizer yeah remember there was people hoarding sanitizer Mm -hmm. and then we're trying to get rid of it you know a month later because dude yeah yeah you didn't need to do that so on the onset or after right after that now we're on the onset of the possibility of having shortages before or shortages once again Mm -hmm. and to that end though like that got us thinking one who has this happened before and yes Mm -hmm. and who can afford to be the hoarder so the thing that came to my mind in all of this was y2k when oh yeah on the cusp of uh the 2000s the computer systems were like oh we didn't think far enough ahead where we needed to have 2000 it just kind of automatically started at 1900 and so it was going to revert back to 1900 and fuck up all sorts of things so then there was this like panic that you wouldn't be able to go to a store and purchase things because the computer system would read it as 1900, in which case, you know, all sorts of things were going to fail. didn't happen. It, and it didn't, no. artificial right. intelligence. We're the dumb ones. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was a real thing. Like, there mm-hmm. were people who, oh, you yeah. know, I know someone that I may or may not be related to by marriage who stocked up for the Y2K. Mm-hmm. And went through their food several years after Y2K came and went. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was the most recent one. Okay. Yeah. But also it got me thinking, and I don't know if this happened in your family, but growing up we had, uh, like we had the pantry in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then we had this like extended pantry downstairs. 
And I think that was like a scarcity mindset left over, not just from depression era grandparents, but Cold War parents. For sure. So my father for sure was very much a like Cold War aware, let's let's all hate on like Boris Yeltsin and Gorbachev and all the things. Get those two were after the Cold War. Whatever. You know what I mean. So there was like a pantry downstairs of like, things that were just extra and there was that mindset of like buy the extra things and you Mm -hmm. put them in this space and 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 so my grandma I would have not I wouldn't have thought my parents being preppers hoarders at all right like that is not something that I would put on my parents my grandparents for sure though there was a cuartito and in the cuartito there was like backstock Right. There was the extra cases of Sprite, cleaning supplies, coffee. whatever, coffee. The extra stuff mm-hmm, was back mm-hmm. in the thing. And hilariously, and I may have talked about this before, but my grandfather liked room temperature beer. Yeah. And this is, in other countries, room temperature beer is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, we're not German. Like, why? (laughs) And it wasn't until, I mean, this was only a few years ago that my father actually told me, like, yeah, you know why your grandpa used to drink room temperature beer? I was like, no. He's like, well, because your grandma would cut him off, and he knew there was backstock in the cuartito, (laughs) and he would go back to the cuartito and drink a room temperature beer because he needed another beer. So, boom. Mm. But then it was actually during kind of 2020 when folks were you know we were shutting shit down things were running out we were having this moment where we're like oh my gosh we can't just have easy access to every single thing we want and one of my cousins my first cousin was like oh good thing grandma taught us to have backstock and then it i had this flash in my mind this realization that oh my gosh my mom does this my mom Mm -hmm. will have two or three deep of even like hairspray whatever it is right Mm -hmm. there's there's two or three deep of the things and so it's not as dramatic as my grandparents but there's certainly a little Leftover. leeway sure in your stuff like the things you use there's always tomato sauce there's always pasta like there's certain things that there's always going to be some yes no that is so true true and with the with the warehouse stores or mm-hmm. yeah big box stores like the Sam's, like the Costco, yep. like if you know your old one, the bag and save, um, that you would wow. buy the huge, you know, whatever, XYZ jars or whatever, and mm-hmm. they came in two packs, they came in three packs, right. whatever. Yeah, my my mom kind of does the same. She's always got, like, during 2020, she would tell me, like, let me know if you need more toilet paper because I've got some. And it wasn't because she was hoarding because of 2020. That's just how just she, how she shops and lives. Yeah. Yep. Yep, very interesting. And it's interesting that you talk about the the scarcity mindset. That's what messes Latinos up, right? Like, you are obsessed with overgeneralization, for sure. When you have been in a spot in your life where you don't have something, Mm -hmm. and then you get to a point where it's an option, you backstop because you don't want to go back to the point where you don't have food, you don't have toilet paper, you don't have whatever it is. There's this kind of constant spinning in your head about, I don't want to be without. 
right? So how do I prepare? How do I? And then there are the there are whole ass shows about preppers and hoarders mm-hmm. where it's like, oh my gosh, whole entire bunkers filled with like ten years of dry food rations, like MREs, excessive in my mind. Um, of course, those would be the first ass people. I'd be like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> hello <laughs> sir <laughs> yeah so yes and, and and i think that does come out of a mindset of the the generation where in the cold war nuclear war was mm-hmm. you know we we had we as a country had just bombed the hell out of a country another whole other country that as a possibility of having happened again sure. people legit did have bunkers so that that mindset on top of scarcity that happens like under the Carter administration where gas was not a thing like mm-hmm. people lined up fucking 10 cars deep just so that they can get a gallon mm-hmm. and so those things have shaped us to now when we have a generation let's say of our kids who have never I don't even know if they teach this in his, in history classes necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they might gloss over this or that, but it's not maybe as seen or as present. Yeah. So they've always known the, we can just go get it. Well, there, and was, then, there was a hot minute where at Starbucks, for some reason, they didn't have oat milk. Uh-huh. And there was like a big sticker on the thing like, oh, we're out of oat milk due to supply shortage, blah, blah, blah. And I remember having a conversation with someone who was so upset that they did not have the oat milk. Oh my. And I mean, and for a minute I was like, I know, right? Like how crazy is that? That there's not fucking oat milk. It's not even a milk. <laughs> it's not even a thing. <laughs> 10 years ago. Who the fuck was trying to milk an oat? Nobody. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're very upset that this thing is not at the Starbucks when you drive up. Yeah. Mm. So then that also brings to mind... For me, in terms of the whole like shortages that are happening, mm-hmm. who can afford to do this? There's a scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. and there is the opportunities, like you were saying, if you have to be able to get a couple extra of. But then there is a, a huge difference between the uh, the f- the folks who do have an ability to have extra, right? Or hoard, and there's probably a fine, fine line between having (laughs) extra and hoarding, Mm -hmm. Um, and those who can't. Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the so one of the shortages that we've mentioned previously, and that you're even talking about today, is tampons. Right? We've heard that there may be a tampon shortage. Like, what the fuck is that about? So, a lot of what we don't realize is that there are very few companies that own several of the major brands so we think they're different companies and they're owned by one parent company right Mm -hmm. right? so there's a parent company that owns ob and tampax tampax so these are some of the most popular tampon brands in the nation well covid surges have created a shortage in workers so they're not able to produce as much as they typically do not to mention that people are also panic buying and stocking up and all the things because covid rates are going up again what if you can't leave your house and you i mean if you need tampons you need tampons and like in your case several people in the house may need tampons so this one of the things that you're 
talking about and in this specific instance there's something called period poverty mm-hmm. where folks can just not afford feminine hygiene products which strangely in some back assword part of earth this is considered like a luxury right not a necessity like this is not optional I don't optionally get my period because guess what? If it was an option, out, Bye. option out, right? Felicia, go. Mm-mm. So there are people who cannot afford to quote unquote stock up on a thing that may be in short supply because financially it's rid- tampons are ridiculously expensive, ridiculously expensive. So not only has the inventory gone down, so inventory is low now, the price has shot up over 10 percent in the last year so even even if you can get your hands on tampons which i'm i'm gonna say i've gone to the store in the last three or four weeks to buy tampons because i needed them not in a stock up kind of way but in the back of my mind absolutely i'm like oh this is interesting i had to kind of buy like the multi-pack because what i wanted and needed wasn't there and i was like oh i better get what's there because i don't know what it's going to look like in another month um so it's a real consideration it's a consideration and and when i heard about the the tampon shortage or the prospect of a tampon shortage yes first inclination was a little bit of panic of like oh shit there's four people in our household that Mm -hmm. have this necessity Mm -hmm. and then it was Wow, remember that time my mom would tell us stories about what they were used oh, when God. because they were in in a poverty situation and they just you just had to make do with what you had. Right. And I was like, could I do that? Could if worse came to worse and I am able to. Like I know I'm like, oh well, you know, f- fuck it, wear a wear black chonas, wear black wear black uh, mm-hmm. pantaloons and then, you know, get some garras and then you just reuse them, like wash right. them and reuse. Like that's what people had to do before. Right. And I was like, okay, that's the worst case scenario for me. And that's still better than some individuals have it. So, you well, know, and, damn. I mean, you think about our ancestors were like secluded to a hut where you would just go have your period and then, you know, wait till it passed or whatever. I've also also had folks recommend to me the menstrual cup no nah. <laughs> wait can i can i call my boss and be like i'm just gonna sit in a hut for like five days see that i can do over a cup yeah <laughs> i'm gonna see if that can get me out of work like i'm sorry <laughs> Wish me i luck. am not trying to put a silicone shot glass in my <laughs> vajayjay because then i gotta pull it out too and I just, you know what? Being on my period is enough that we don't need to do all that. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> I do not need to do that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no. Is it full? I don't know. What? No. I, you know what? No. Okay, so these are questions that I have because I was like, okay, I could kind of move to that, you know. Mm-mm. But do you take that out in the shower? Do you, how does it, like, is it just like, whoosh, let the rivers flow. What happens? Yeah, it looks like fucking Friday the 13th after you... No. Mm-mm. No? Done. Mm. No, thank you. Mm. I am... Maybe I am period bougie, but that's that's just where we're at. 
Okay, so what are some other things that have in so, the past like couple of years other than tampons so one of the most recent one that's pretty traumatizing for folks is the baby formula mm, that's yeah. been a huge one because obviously you need to feed your kid the other thing that came of this was like well why don't you just breastfeed like if you just you know all of a sudden just flip the switch and start lactating like mm-hmm. that is not a thing not a thing even for people who are trying to breastfeed you cannot always produce enough milk for your kid to survive. Enough, so, the kid doesn't latch. There's yes, so many no, there's so many issues. It is complicated and difficult. And for some people, it's super easy and natural. And that's just the way. Good for you. High five. Other people, it's not that easy. I was one and of those other people. And it's painful. It can be painful. Oh, my God. It, yeah, no, there's so many things around it that, like, just... Yes. Just, why don't you just do the thing? that? Yeah, that to me just made me want to throw punch people. Like, no, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. And, I mean, what, you know, it's... These are the same people complaining that oat milk is out at Starbucks, <laughs> but why don't you just <laughs> breastfeed your kid now that they're, you know, three and there's no formula? Like, bro, no, that's not how it works. So that's pretty traumatizing for yeah. people. Um, Sriracha is the one that has a lot of attention in my house. <sighs> because we're sriracha fans uh-huh. um and apparently this was caused global warming hello droughts in mexico oh, that chile. failed to yield this particular variety of red chile that is used for sriracha that they just didn't have the chile to make as much product as they previously were making so then and then you you know you multiply that with the panic buying and people stocking up and all the things because you hear about this and you're like oh my god we need all sriracha i don't know anyone who did that my husband um so (laughs) there's that uh another building materials is also a huge one Uh and part of that was during the pandemic like the height of the pandemic when there was a minute where we were like, what the fuck is happening? No one moved. Everybody was holding their breath for like a solid two months. And then it was like, shit, if I have to stay in my house, it better look like better homes and gardens because mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here in this shithole anymore. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was a, certainly a surge of people who were like, home improvement the shit, DIY. I can do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then it becomes a supply issue, a chain issue, because there's a trucker shortage. So getting things from here to there and all of it just caused a, a huge mess. Now you add on um, gas prices and all of it, and it just makes it really complicated to get lumber from one place to another, brick from one place to another. So those costs are skyrocketing, not to mention that people started building houses all over the damn place. It was like, oh, let's build a new, you know, million square foot house and all if i can work from home then i can absolutely that's what happened in new mexico a bunch of people figured out that they could work from home and then they started moving to states that had a lower cost of living but Mm -hmm. they're still getting the same amount of Mm -hmm. money and so they're making bank now in comparison and a bunch of homes uh went up for sale people you know flipping houses yeah absolutely there's also random things like motorcycles are in a shortage Mm. uh computer chips i'm not gonna hoard motorcycles computer chips yeah computer chips which adds to the automobile shortage Mm -hmm. shortage. absolutely like have you tried to rent a car lately yes 
It's a I mean, bitch. for work. I'm not. It's not like I'm going places, but no, yeah. it's a bitch. It is a bitch because the availability is just not there. And I was talking to the enterprise dude one day, and he's like, "Yeah, we just don't have the cars. Like, we cannot get the cars. The people that they had in positions to." Um, be part of their like buying and selling automobiles because they would they would sell them after a certain number of miles Mileage. or whatever right they're like those people have shifted completely to just looking for used cars with low mileage that were decent so that we can rent them because we cannot even get cars anymore so it's a whole thing um dairy and meat products are also it's a difficulty and again it goes to the gas prices the trucker shortage like they're just not people to transport these things which you know if we were just going to our local people and going to the farmers markets and getting our eggs and all the things it might be a different story and and maybe this is nature's way of being like bro you are being excessive af get your shit together i don't know i don't know but oi it's a whole thing the other one is glass. This was interesting to me. Ooh, glass. Glass shortage. And again, trucker shortages, shipping backups, like there's this whole... And glass, it's a very particular way that you have to transport, right? So this is really affecting... And labor shortages because there's COVID surges. People just are quitting those jobs to do other things. So huge strain on glass supply folks like wineries, distilleries who are using glass to mm-hmm. package... Right the goods on. that we need in our life um and home builders like there are people that are waiting windows, yeah. for windows for eternity because the glass just can't get there so there's all kinds of shortages that are happening right now and and it does um spark this that scarcity it, it triggers that scarcity mindset and for those who can go and stock up and, and maybe panic buy it makes it worse because then it's just a cycle right so Oh, cat. What do we do? Well, not drink wine because there's a glass shortage. That's, you know. I would rather give up the tampons and live in a hut with wine. (laughs) If given the choice. I'm still counting all of my eggs. Like, come on now. Like, shouldn't I be there and not have to use tampons anymore? Fuck. I'll be in the hut. Okay. Me me and Gruet will be sponsored by Gruet. I'll have a sponsored hut in the backyard. (laughs) circling back though like there's it's a it's a terrible cycle in that those who can't afford to hoard now really can't afford to not just hoard but get even just the basics because prices go up Mm -hmm. and that's the way in a capitalistic economy when supply and demand like if there's a huge Uh, demand prices are going to go high Mm -hmm. so if there's a huge demand based on scarcity and people already couldn't hoard then they're just not able to meet the basics cat i also read something terrifying no please don't Uh, quit reading (laughs) because corn is not as profitable as it was previously what we may be coming up on a popcorn shortage what as long as they don't touch my elote well, corn in general, many <sighs> farmers are turning to profit of more profitable crops because corn may like not pot. be <laughs> like <laughs> cannabis. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. If I don't have wine or popcorn or oh. tampons, don't even look for me. Don't even look for me. Oh, I 
feel bad for your husband. <laughs> How do you soothe the beast? I don't know. Mm-mm. No. Wow, that is crazy. But maybe cannabis. Maybe the, <laughs> the answer is cannabis. <laughs> Here, take this edible. It's take so this much. gummy bear. Mm. Wow, yeah. that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I should go and like panic buy right now? That's all I got for now. I don't want to. I don't want to freak anybody out. I'm, I'm sure trying to make more. my list on Target. I'm sure there's more tampons. You know the 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 weird thing for me is you know I'm looking for patterns in this and things like tampons, things like baby formula, things like wine, mm-hmm. like things that women, uh, people who birth need. <laughs> Dude, yeah, uh, all the ones I feel that like are we're being targeted right yes. now. Yes. <sighs> Boo. Boo. Boo you. Well, there's no uh, shortage of wit and banter between us when we are on the Pocha podcast, which is what we are on. That's right. <laughs> Losing our shoes over. Um, and this is Episodio 40. 40, 40. And I don't even know how to make this, this jump from shortages to school, except that there is now in our area a shortage of summer yes, for our kids. absolutely. There really is. It's back to school way early for many folks in uh, at least southern New Mexico. We have moved to a balanced calendar, which some folks have been in for a long time. But um, it it really shaves off several weeks of the traditional summer for families in our area. Uh, and it's caused a huge uproar of all the things what's the difference between a balanced schedule and a year round? Like, is there a huge difference? So in, when you look at the number of days that students and teachers are in the classroom, it's not a big difference. It's the same number of days, but the way the days are separated out is the big thing. Typically we see students and teachers having a a big summer break, right? Mm -hmm. Two months, two plus months of summer. Um, And then little breaks in between. This really tries to shift so that there's, longer breaks spread across the year and not such a long summer break and there's a lot of reasons why they say you know it helps with retention like learning loss right because you forget over over the the summer summer. because it's such a long period this way there's less time and you get to spread it out across the seasons for some folks they're like oh well you can take vacations across the year. It's not just summer. You can have a, a break in the winter and the spring and the fall. You can do all the things. But this really is causing a lot of havoc for families who have been so used to that longer summer break. Um, for one, a lot of teachers that I know have other jobs during the summer. It's mm-hmm. long enough that they can go get temp work right side hustle side hustle somewhere that makes it worth it and sort of bulks up their yearly salary to a livable wage Mm -hmm. there's also students like students that are old enough to work that are helping support the family or even that are on their own and just sort of paving their own way that get to work during the summers this is also cutting that for them and so interestingly i went down a rabbit hole you know i did of course you did because historically, I have, I was one, and I, you know, I was a teacher forever. I was one of those people that thought like, oh, kids had this long summer off because of agriculture. There's time. They didn't? No. What? That is a fallacy. <gasps> 
So as my flabbers are gasted, gast your flabbers, cat. Because so super quick before you go down your rabbit hole, mm. um, I was just gonna say there are some kids because we are in an agricultural area. There are some kids who work the fields to afford things like you know shoes, school supplies. This and that. They go and work the fields in the summer just so that they can have some extra dollars so that they can they can bulk up some things for school. Absolutely. And that's, but, that's the area we live in where mm-hmm. that's a reality. The real reason that kids started having summers off, kids used to go to school year-round mm-hmm. just like people worked year-round. Mm-hmm. Legislators, as we started getting into worker rights and union labor and all of these things where we're looking at people needing more time off and having a 40-hour work week or things like that, legislators got into the like, oh, well, kids should have a break too. So it had it it had to do with white-collar workers that needed a break. And wow. their children also then were seen as needing a break. And this sort of spread. Um, so yeah, total misconception on my part as well. Because it's a reality here. That's what people used it for, but that was not its intention. So this this really shifts things up. The other thing I'm hearing from some folks that I know that, that who their kids are going back to school four weeks earlier than normal. They're like, we didn't have those extra four weeks to save money, mm-hmm. to buy school supplies, to buy school clothes, especially if you have multiple kids that are going back to school that's a it's expensive it's a so much money it is so and especially right now where we're seeing inflation we're seeing prices go up it is it's really causing a lot of financial hardship for folks wow so the there was a born and raised in el paso when they were talking about the possibility of doing year-long school i was against it not for like I didn't even think about all of these other pieces that were involved in it. For me, mm-hmm. it was, you know, there's some some students who need the summers if they flunked a class or if they want to get ahead in something, mm-hmm. and they need that time in order right. to make up or, or to push ahead. This doesn't allow for that to happen. It wasn't so much like the break or even the, the monetary aspect of it. Um, so now that... Now that this now as an adult and having kids, mm-hmm. that is a more of a prominent variable in why like I'm I'm not keen on this idea. I can kind of get why, you know, especially with the retention piece, because a hundred percent all four of mine, when it came time for the next school year, was like Wait, what? What oh, did we God. learn? What? Yeah. What? what oh, where, yeah. where? How did we read again? Uh-huh. There were some, you know, there there is some of that. Like, man, I wish you could just it's stuff it. Yeah, keep it in there and stuff it in there and hold on to it for the next year because you're going to need it. Definitely a thing. And the other piece is that, especially for places like New Mexico, we don't. Well, certain parts of New Mexico, we don't have extreme winters, but we have extreme summers. Yeah. So prices going up just to cool buildings and keep operating costs up during July and August where it's the hottest versus 
not going back to school until mid-August or whatever and then going into fall type of a thing, there's going to be a lot of changes. And I think it's going to take a minute for us to really acclimate to all of what's going to happen across the layers of operating costs, what this does to families, people not being able to work those second jobs. It's going to be a, a definite change for us here in southern New Mexico. You know, the, you were saying the cost of cooling down the buildings and whatnot in the summer uh, because locally they're going back June 21st, or Ju- I'm sorry, July 21st. But um, we aren't required to have air conditioning in our school buses. Right. Which was a huge freaking deal several years ago mm-hmm. when they brought forward a piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. And again, the only reason, like as a policy wonk, I know this is because like I happen to be working up there. But they shut that down because, you know, they were like, ah, oh, that's kind of a, you know, I don't want to say a luxury, but it was like it wasn't it wasn't a necessity. Right. If we're moving towards, and to be clear, this isn't every school system across the state. This is. It, this is hitting us locally, but this is other school districts that may happen across the U.S., right? right? And in some rural places, a heater and a, a heater may not be as much of an issue because body heat, but definitely during the summer, trying to cool down a bus full of wild <laughs> heathens, <laughs> I shouldn't, yeah, like just, you know, wild children, sure. that's that's I mean, hard. But if you think about other areas, like Chicago, the there's a negative freaking, 10 degree yeah. winter. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's a, that's that's a, a real concern. Thing. That's a real thing. And if you're in the bus for, like, literally, there are some mm-hmm. counties where if you have just one school, yep. you're you're on the bus for hours. Hours a day. Absolutely. Va que la canción. So does your kid... So, okay, so my kids don't have that issue anymore. Like... They're all out of public school system. Mm-hmm. Uh, our younger two are going to start up college, um, so not an issue. But for you, is uh, one of yours just graduated? Is the other one going to be going to um, school late July? No. So she is. Uh, she is at private school. Muy fancy at private school. They, this year, they're not going to balance calendar. Mm. They were like, we talked about it. It's too soon. It's too much of a shift. So they're actually going to stay. They tried to balance out some of the breaks to match the public school calendar, mm-hmm. but they they don't go back until August, um, which is really hard, too, because if you have families that have kiddos that are in that school, plus some in public school for high school or middle school or whatever, that's tough. That's tough for childcare. That's tough yeah. for work schedules. It's going to be really hard for some folks, but we'll, I guess we'll just see how it goes this year. And I don't know. Bye. Tough. Yeah. Well, when we were first talking about what, uh, what this episode was going to look like, one of the things that like <laughs> you and I had small differences on, but wanted to hear about it. That was school back <laughs> to school related was school uniforms. Mm-hmm. And I am not a fan. Um, I'm not a fan for a couple different reasons. Go on. First, I, ooh, the way you said go on. Go on. I'm going to need a refill. Go ooh, on. here we go. So first and foremost is just the ability to um, self-expression. Mm-hmm. Just that ability as a human being to, to do some self to self-expression. And some of this comes down to, like, for a while, my mom really wanted me to go to 
um, a Catholic school, all-girl Catholic school, which would have meant damn skirts. Yeah. And I was not about wearing that uniform at all. Yeah. I don't, that's just not my comfort zone at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first biggest reason. The second is having four kids, I know 100% that if we had a school uniform, which it was kind of like slacks and whatever, but um, you still have to purchase stuff that's not uniform-esque. And that to me is almost like doubling the amount of money you're going to spend on clothes because then you're now going to be the regular clothes that they wanted to do that is self-expression now you have to add to that a uniform to go with it because Mm -hmm. they're not going to just use the uniform after school and to go to the movies and to go visit familia you still have to now have a second set of clothing Mm -hmm. and then the third thing was because what, they did talk about this in El Paso when I was um, just on the on the verge of getting out of school. They were talking about going to school uniforms. And they were saying, well, there's not going to be that competition of who's got the what. And I'm like, that's shit because there's still going to be a competition of who's wearing the docker slacks versus who's wearing the gap slacks. So that doesn't eliminate that like need to have a fashion play at school. There's still the kid who's like, oh... And I'm not saying anything about Walmart clothes. I've gotten some clothes there. But, like, there's that, like, oh, you get your shit from Walmart. Well, you know, whatever. That's what we can afford. There's still going to be that competitive shittiness that is who has the what, the Gucci, the Balenciagas, whatever it is that you wear. Apparently Lizzo. Mm. Um, But those are the biggest things for me is, like, why it's not, monetarily feasible and I the first thing you said was have you ever tried to dress you know yes we had twins like getting them dressed and ready and I don't want to wear this Mm -hmm. oh my god she's wearing the shirt I wanted to wear Mm -hmm. so yes I understand that um but also like there was just a point now it's a little bit different but there was a point in time where there was not going to be the affordability of getting eight separate sets of clothes for four kids who had to have Mm -hmm. the this and the that. I, so as a person who went to a private school who had to wear a uniform, Mm -hmm, A, mm -hmm. hated it every minute. Mm -hmm. And the, the distinction for us was not what brand of navy pants you had on or whatever. It was the shoes. I had, if like I needed to have Jordans because that was the only way I had the expression that I needed in my life, right? It was the shoes. It still is. Gotta be the shoes. The LA Gears, the Jordans, whatever it was, mm-hmm. I had to have them. Um, but I do, my kid is so picky. Oh my God. Going from <laughs> public school to the <laughs> private school, just the uniform. I'm like, oh, this is so easy. You have options. And it's not as strict. She has the option to wear pants, shorts, a dress, like the jumper dress, or a skirt. Um, and she, those are her options. Those are her only options, which is lovely and beautiful. And yes, there's a separate weekends afternoons whatever and of course she only has a limited number of uniforms because the uniforms themselves are expensive too mm-hmm. so she has a limited number of uniforms if she's going to play outside after school whatever you need to change clothes you need to put on other clothes because you're not going to ruin your uniforms that you have to wear to school 
um i'm very fortunate that my my mom buys her so many clothes oh my god my mom buys her clothes so she has an entire wardrobe that she will never even wear because yes because there's not enough days in the there's not enough days and Mm -hmm. yeah she will never be the size that she needs to be in that season to wear all the things that she has in her closet so i'm very lucky in that way but i actually did find um an equalizing element in the Mm. uniform um there are there are several studies about even public schools in bigger cities that you know the kids wear a uniform like there's just it's not as strict but there's you know the red shirt the jeans Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the blue pants or the whatever um and there is a there is a there's something to be said for a unity we -hmm. all go here we all belong here this is all of our place because we all look similar in in this very specific way right they're a gang gotcha absolutely and then and there's something to that i mean they're really there's psychological proof that that helps bond people in certain ways um and there's absolutely like you're talking about well i'm gonna wear my hair different or i'm gonna have my shoes whatever the loophole is i'm gonna push it to the very boundary so that i can be my own me and be different than you know the uniform code or whatever um and i think we see that even in a when there's no uniform people will push the dress code like I'm gonna oh yeah push the dress code oh just so that God. i can be outside of that norm whatever because that's just what we do as humans right so um i don't know i'm i am a fan of the uniform i again hated it when i had to do it love it as a parent so <laughs> very hypocritical you're welcome no, I mean, I can see the simplicity of, mm-hmm. like, the unity, the simplicity. You don't have to, if there are, like we see when we're going down the cereal aisle. Kat, did you just go to cereal? Yes, I did. Wow. There is, you know, a whole aisle dedicated to all of the sugary greatness that you get in different colors and shapes mm-hmm. and, I don't know, all of the things, crunches, different... If you limit it to like four brands or whatever, yeah, that that limits it and that makes it a faster process. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. I would have hated it. And this mm-hmm. is not because I was a beacon of fashion, because <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but I never wanted to be like Ken number five or Barbie number, you know what I mean? Like that was just not my thing. For me, having that uniform says something so incredibly gross about about not being able to be who you are. And I am clearly <laughs> not like like one of these things is not like that is me. That I am the one thing that was not like the other. I wore my pants inside out. I don't know why, but I wore my pants inside out, which made it incredibly difficult to get my lunch money out. Wow. But I did it. I wore different shoes. I don't even know why I did it, but it was like that was what I could do to be, to stand out, to be, because I didn't have the fashion. I didn't have the Jordans. I didn't have the, none of those things were available to me. And I did not have the fashion sense to try to make shit match. I was not pretty in pink who could sew her own clothes. Right, right. I was, I, I, I everything matched in je- with jeans. And right. so, like, I would try to do my best to, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. 
No, for sure. And I, I do get that to a point. And I also would say if you're not, I think some of the mentality is if you're not spending your time and attention on that, it frees up time and attention for you to be academically focused. Mm. It frees up time and attention for you to be paying attention to extracurriculars like band or what whatever you might be doing that's not just focused on on what you look like and how you're presenting yourself um of course again there's always the that doesn't work for everybody that's Mm -hmm. not that's not gonna um I'll tell you it would save me a lot of time if we just had to wear a uniform to work like if I could wear scrubs (laughs) I'd be like done Thank you. You Don't. can. There's nothing stopping you from wearing a scrub to work. I can't because it's not a thing. <gasps> oh, oh my God. Remember that time we showed up to a Zoom with the vice president and I was wearing a Goonie shirt? <laughs> that happened. That oh, happened. my. <sighs> well, back to school in just a few weeks. But from one school-esque thing to another so Arquea de Nuevo and this is where this is where the crossover happens so there is this individual who is the first born in Mexico person to go to space woman first me- first woman born in Mexico to go yes, to space because there's been a man <clears throat> there's been a Mexican man. man of course there was a man now I will like asterisk this and say that they that cat was part Katia cat was part of Blue Origin, uh, which was a, uh, it was the Bezos mm-hmm. second trip this past June mm-hmm. to go up. So it was like, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but I, we had a conversation previously about whether or not these space adventures are like space. They are technically within the official definition of being out in space. Right. So we have had that conversation. And at the time, it was like, Psh, that's not space. But then for me, it was like, oh, my God, she's going to space. <laughs> so am I being a hypocrite? Yes, yes. maybe. You know what? Yes. But damn. So how did you find out about... Uh, so her name is Katia... Oh, I'm going to have to go back to my notes for this. Echa Zarreta. Mm-hmm. So Cat Voltage on uh, TikTok. And how old is she, Cat? Hold your breath. We could be her parents. Hmm. She's 26. Oh, my God. And she's an electrical engineer Mm -hmm. with NASA at the JPL, the Jet Propulsion Lab. So that's the part that gives some validity to me is that she's not just like a billionaire who paid her way onto the Bezos aircraft. Mm -hmm. She's she's been studying this. This is her pathway. She works for NASA. This is a thing she's been working towards. Um, I, I think it was just all over my social. I just kept seeing it on social media and I was like, what? And and the, the reason things like that, A, catch my eye and B, are on my feed, my daughter is obsessed with being an astronaut. Mm. This is what she wants to do. She Her whole room is space-themed. She's constantly talking about space. This is something she wants to do. And she knows she's got to be good at math and science. Like She's very plugged into... You know what? Some kids want to be a fucking zebra. I don't know. This could hap- <laughs> this could be a phase. I am not sure. If it's a phase, it's been a long-lasting phase. But uh, these this is why these things catch my eye. Because I also wanted to tell her, like, oh, I want you to see this person and see, like, look at how old she is and look at, you know, she's from Mexico and she 
got to go to space and what do you think that was like and have a conversation with her about it so that's one of the reasons that it caught my eye and was probably on my feed because i follow all kinds of you know cheesy nasa space things of course you do of course i do I, i don't know how this came up on my feed for tiktok but it was the um video that she had posted of her mom finding out that she was going to go to space oh my god just the tears that i cried of joy of being like yes mija right yes mija this this is what like when we talk about our families coming over here and we joke like our families coming over here and setting us up so that we can have the starbucks psl right you know all of the things that's what they worked hard for in this case her parents worked very hard for her to be able to be an astronaut. And she works at NASA. And she's an electrical engineer. And she didn't, you know, when you when you scroll through her TikTok, a.k.a. when you're a creepy cat and you go through every <laughs> single post that she has, you learn that after college, she went to community college. Hmm. Like, she didn't get a scholarship and right away. Right. She didn't go to damn, like, mm-hmm. Harvard right after. Yep. She went to community college, and then she transferred to UCLA. Mm -hmm. Yes, on a scholarship after that transfer. But she didn't, like, her parents didn't go, so she didn't know the questions to ask. She didn't know what to expect. And one of her posts on TikTok is, the reason I have this account, and it's not verbatim, but she's saying the reason that I have this account is so that I can help you. Like, maybe you can learn something off of this Mm. so that you can... And there are some folks who do ask questions about internships, about this or that. Right. And she answers the questions like, you know what? Don't, one of them that I saw was don't feel bad about not knowing Mm -hmm. about your internship. That's the fucking point. She didn't say fucking. I'm putting that in there. But she said, (laughs) that's the point. Like you're, you're not going to know. This is your opportunity to know. And she talks about like, hey, if you haven't gotten a response yet do it again because this is my experience about Mm -hmm. the process and it's pretty cool that she's sharing that alongside what she does like she takes us on a tour um and it's very entertaining it's not just like because she's 26 and far more entertaining than (laughs) you know probably you and I put together um but yeah like following her at this young age seeing her achieve from, you know, not to say that people from Guadalajara aren't achieving things, but to see that they they raised a child who damn became a NASA employee and who went into space. Right. No, this is part of that American dream that even goes beyond the, I bought a house and a car and I went to fucking space. Like, that is a huge piece of nostalgia pride like that just is so huge and for exactly for someone to come from mexico and you know for their parents to be able to say like yeah that's my kid is really freaking amazing any and for anyone for anyone much less um someone who this was not their the country that they were born into and 
Uh, I love it. I think it's amazing. I appreciate that she's also wanting to share and say like, hey, I didn't just buy my way into this. I wasn't, you know, I didn't graduate high school at 15 a la Doogie Hauser. I am, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I worked for this and, and yes, there were opportunities presented to me along the way. And this is how you can also try to find those opportunities and make them happen for you. I didn't wait around for them to happen. And this she- is what I did. And she's vulnerable as well. Like she talks about um, battling depression and imposter syndrome. Oh, I love it. Like that is, you know, that is something that resonated really hard with me because when I've most for most colleges, universities, I'm not sure about community colleges, but I I'll make a huge assumption that maybe there's there's a similarity that you have to go through an orientation of some sort. Sure. When I when I was accepted in an MSU. I had to come up for orientation and after my first day I cried pretty much cried myself to sleep because I did not want to come I was like I am out of my league I don't know what I'm doing here Mm -hmm. this this is stupid I should just stay at home stay with what I know go back home you know work at my uncle's office do that because that is what I know that is what is natural to me like I knew those things going off to college was so foreign and and it was in a whole other state a whole other city yes I was familiar with it it is the borderlands my mom's family you know raised their families in part of them raised their families in Las Cruces but I was just so scared and was like this what am I doing here and to see that from someone else who is working for NASA and an engineer and all the things, I'm like, well, damn, I wasn't alone. Like, I'm not the only one who was scared shitless to show up day one and and try. Absolutely. Did you feel that way when you first went to college, or was that like... So not, not when I went to NMSU. I feel like I... So I started off my undergrad degree at NMSU, which is, you know the city where I was born and raised it felt very familiar I didn't feel like it was I mean of course it was like oh my gosh there's different buildings and there's a lot of people and and that kind of thing but it wasn't to the point where I was like oh I don't belong here I transitioned out to a private Catholic university in Austin after a few years and after a little bit of a break for whole other reasons but when I got to that university, I had never been to Austin. Straight up moved there with $500 and a couch <laughs> um, and a scholarship, a partial scholarship. So rolled up to this university having never been there. Parked my little tiny, you know, two-door Mazda, whatever the F was cheap at the time. Parked in in between Range Rovers and freaking Porsches, not kidding. And I was like, what the fuck? This is, we are not in Kansas anymore. What is happening? Campus was gorgeous, very tiny, which ended up being a a savior for me that it was kind of like its own small city in the middle of downtown Austin. But some of the people that were at this school, like the money, I just didn't understand it. I had no, there was, I will never forget this. One of my like undergraduate psychology courses, because the closest route for me to graduate wasn't a psychology degree at that point, right? 
one of my classes I walk in and I'm kind of sitting there and like you know by myself in the corner type of thing trying to figure it all out and there's these girls having this conversation and one of them is talking about how she doesn't understand how her father expects her to pay for her own gas and groceries in addition to the other things that she had to pay for on three thousand dollars a month oh my god three thousand dollars a month in the 90s late 90s yes early 2000s three grand i was like bitch i'd be having a whole business on the side (laughs) like not even going to class have you lost your damn mind wow and he's paying her housing's paid for she didn't want to buy like gas and groceries what the hell and she was like can you believe that and I'm looking around like, is anybody else hearing this fucking conversation? Like, did I walk into Mean Girls? What is happening? Which is honestly why I, a, a friend of mine happened to be in that class as well and ended up growing up very close to around here. And w- we had a conversation like, did you hear that conversation? And we were like, okay, cool. We're, in the, we're kind of in the same place. Mm. And she was a young mom, had a, had a kiddo with her that would, we would literally sometimes hide in the back of classes sometimes when she didn't have childcare. Um, and we bonded in that way. But it was a weird-ass experience, and I very much felt like I do not belong here. Fortunately, many of the professors were so kind and so attentive and just really paid attention to the fact that I was probably lost as fuck and it probably you could read it on my face um but made it feel like home and in that big city I mean Austin is a giant city compared to where I was coming from Mm -hmm. it felt like its own little place and there was a church like go to church on campus it it just felt very there were pieces of it that made it feel safe for me and I think that's why I was able to stay and graduate the fact that you mentioned church on campus, but I'll let that go. Yeah, it was a tiny little church, and it was um, very liberal, for, as particularly for being a Catholic university, extremely liberal. Um, it felt very good. It felt good to be there. It felt safe to be there. It felt like um, it was exactly what I needed in the moment, for sure. All, all, all the rich people and, and everything. It was exactly what I needed in the moment. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I love how Kat is very, you know, just very vulnerable like that. Like telling her experiences of like, it's okay. It's okay to go a different route. Yep. It's okay to um, be afraid. It's okay to be vulnerable about your depression or whatever it is that you're going through. I mean, she talks about, or she posted about losing clumpfuls of hair because that first season or that, I'm sorry, not first season, that first semester at UCLA was just so much pressure. Right. And yeah, that those are things that are like, even though maybe that experience didn't happen specifically with me, I can, I get it. I get it about feeling like a foreigner. Mm Mm-hmm in your own city in your own area you know what i mean like yeah i get it i totally get it just what the fuck am i doing here do i belong here am i gonna make it am i and 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 she is at a place where she can say like i made it 
in so many aspects. I made it. And she's still saying, I still feel Mm -hmm. like maybe this isn't. They're going to find out that I'm not supposed to be here and rip it from me. And I love her excitement. Like her excitement of being there, of having gone. Like it already happened, but she's still like, like a freaking kid in a candy store. Like, can you believe I'm living my wildest dreams kind of thing? Like, I love it. I love it. So mad props to Kat for, yes. um, it's, you know what? And if you ever replace me on the show, like, It'll be I, her. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if it was her. Fine. Okay. Cat. We'll, we'll have Kat some number episodes one, in I'm Spanish. Then. <laughs> it won't be pocha. Very good. I like it. So yes, I, I did. The last thing I want to say is like, she's posted several times about how, what she knew that she wanted to be an astronaut and work at NASA when she was seven seven so maybe i shouldn't uh be so nonchalant about my child's dreams i mean that too i mean you know cat if you're listening there is a a little kiki in (laughs) southern new mexico Mm -hmm. who would absolutely love a personalized message just for her that she can from podunk rural New Mexico be an astronaut and work at NASA well I will say that she is at the age where she has no doubt her mama needs that message (laughs) (laughs) I need the message because she's like um duh of course I'm gonna do that like she has not hit the phase where society has beat her down crushed her dreams yeah from reminded her who she is and where she comes from absolutely no she's not i love her confidence we have talked about it so many times that child will just be like oh this is what i'm gonna do and there's no doubt in her mind where i'm like can i eat three solid meals today and work a full day we shall see i don't know what's gonna happen she's ready to do all the things and i love it Mm. yeah I, you know, I, I don't think that that's something that's going to go away with her. And I'm, oh God, I'm very not. excited about that. I hope not. And you know what? And maybe Katia was the same as a child. And maybe she should just come on the show and talk to us about it. Absolutely. You are welcome to come on anytime. We're ready. Or replace me. <laughs> <laughs> or replace Kat. <laughs> no, you better not. Absolutely not. We're I would ready. be so sad. But if you don't have an opportunity or you haven't had an opportunity to go onto her feed, I don't know if she's on Instagram. I presume she is. But on TikTok, she is Cat Voltage. Love it. On TikTok. And um, she is absolutely adorable to see her content. And she's a great creator because she takes you uh, on her job site. She talks about the jobs that she's been on. And she's just a damn human being who talks about just daily life. So it's really cool to to follow her and to see the stuff that she creates. And of course, the coolest thing is that she is the first woman born in Mexico to be an astronaut and go to space. I am ready for more. (laughs) <laughs> yes what's your next trip and she talks about the the missions that she has worked on as an electrical engineer with nasa and that's super cool like she has her handprint in some of the missions that have already gone up so she's also cat voltage on instagram okay if you're interested check her out um lots of interviews lots of pictures she is very adorable at her tiny little 26 years of age so uh do you feel like being inspired 
do you remember what you were doing at 26? Uh, fucking up all kinds of things. Same Z's. Yeah. And she's like got this whole career and all the things. Mm. And I was like still figuring out if I should mm. hoard toilet, toilet paper or not. Like that's, yes, yeah, she's absolutely. got it together. Mm-hmm. Whew, sometimes. Yeah. That next gen, they got it. They're ready. Thank God, because somebody needs to save the planet. I <laughs> or, or figure out how we can live on a new one. So. Okay, so that's the last thing I'll mention is that when the uh, Roe decision came down, she mm. did post about it, and it was a like something similar to, or something akin to, I'm supposed to go and talk to girls about, um, empower, like little girls about mm. empowerment and stuff, and here I am just having lost my rights. And I was like, oh, damn. Mm. Yep. Right there. So I love her on a variety of fronts. I love it, Kat. <sighs> you know what else I love? Tell me. Our listeners. <gasps> right? It's the uh, 40th episode of the Pocha Podcast, Kat. And we have some diehard folks who have been with us since episode uno. This is true. And we have some new folks who have been listening. Love I it. did go online and I was like, okay, so where are our listeners at lately? Texas. Okay. I appreciate that. Come, come on, through, Texas. Come through. California. Like California and Texas are our biggest states. No one in North Dakota has even listened to one episode. North Dakota. I know. Come They're on, sad. North Dakota. They're cold. I don't know. Wyoming, same Z's. No one from Wyoming has listened to the show. Busy so. watching Yellowstone. <laughs> Still have not seen any of that. So if you have gente in Wyoming, in North Dakota, oddly Puerto Rico has not listened to an episode. Can you please bug them and tell them that they need to listen? Because we would love to get us at yes. least one download in each state. Love we it. can do that, right? We can do that. And Charlene, I had a dream that we blew up. And so I'm just saying. Harness that. 22. Cat. I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready. <sighs> All right. So where can folks find us so that we can get ready and People be ready? People can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, they can always email us at butcherpodcast.com. Currently, we are brand ambassadors for Nopalera. Mm-hmm. We are Nopamigos with the brand Nopalera, who has amazing scrubs, soaps to keep you refreshed. And they are in the most adorable Nopal shape that you could ever possibly imagine. For the next month and a half or so, you can get a 15% discount. <gasps> Save your money and hoard. Save your money. Hoard it. I'm already hoarding for Christmas gifts. I'm not even kidding. Mm. Um, in the little part where you're checking out, you can type in a promo code, type BOCHAPOD15, and you'll get 15% off, which is amazing. Dude, we're saving people money. We are saving people money. Okay, so today, I I was going to say I did shower, but I shower every day, right? <laughs> but um, today I did use the scrub again. I mean, I've been using it, but I use the scrub and happenstance, it happened today. And I'm like loving. Is it weird to love the way it feels in your jeans? Maybe. Wow, that didn't sound good. But you know what I mean. That scrub makes my legs feel amazing. Dude, I love the scrub on my armpits right before you shave. No, it is summertime. Mm. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I am loving the scrub. So I'll have to disagree with TLC when they're talking about don't want no scrub. No, we want this the scrub. no scrub. Absolutely. So 15% that we're saving you on and something we have tested, tried, yes. loved, love. smelled, used, Buying all the it things. it for all the people. Still using. Mm-hmm. So get you some. Get you some. And um, let us know. Tag us when you get some. Like, tell us what you think about it. Let us know. Kat, we are at 
599 Instagram followers. Who is our 600? Come on now. We just need a happy 600. Maybe we can send them a sticker, you know? Yes, because we have some stickers. So share, like, tell your people. And, and then catch yeah. us for the uh, next Weedy Weedy at the end of July. What month are we in again? It's still July. Still. Uh, I'm still Kat. I'm still Charlene. And this is still the Bocha Podcast. And I will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>